Five games in the association tonight. We've got you covered on what you didn't watch. The Rockets' red glaring hole at center continues. They go without one, no problem. And in honor of the Birds of Prey movie changing their title, we're going to change some NBA team names to make them easier to understand. It's the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Let's do this. You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast that covers everything you want to know around the association. On Wednesdays, I'm your co-host Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm the host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, Nick Angstead. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Van Exit. So we got five games in the association last night. You didn't watch them all. They were, some were interesting, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> Um, but we watched them all. So this means we do the weekly segment here on Wednesday with our too long didn't watch, starting with the Los Angeles Clippers falling to the Philadelphia 76ers, 110-103. New starting lineup for Philly, which seemed to work a little bit better, despite maybe things getting off to a shaky start even before tip. Yeah, Al Horford goes to the bench for the, <clears throat> for the first time since 2007. <laughs> The guy has not <laughs> since his rookie the, year. Yeah, guy has not come off the bench in over a decade, and they put him on the bench. They bring in Furkan Korkmaz, uh, bring in a little bit more shooting. He did not hit a three. He was 0-5 from the field and 0-4 from three, uh, but it ended up working out for him. They get the win over the Clippers. Uh, but the the big story here that you know can't bury the lead here is that the Philly fans, the volatile as they come. <laughs> Boo Joel Embiid, the process himself. What did you think about that, Jake? Yeah, that was interesting. You knew something like that was going to come sooner rather than later, probably with things feeling like they're reaching a boiling point there. He had 26 points on the night, so he was good. And the extra spacing for everyone involved in their starting lineup uh, with Korkmaz in there seemed to work really well. It also allows Al Horford to play his more maybe natural position of center. This seemed to just make a lot of sense. Also, way to go, Josh Richardson, scoring 17 uh, of your 20, uh, 21 points uh, in the final 12 minutes of the game. So big game for them. They kind of needed this victory. Clippers, by the way, led by Kawhi Leonard, 30 points on the night. Paul George, rough shooting night, 3 of 15. Couldn't get it going as they fall. Moving on around the league, we had the Chicago Bulls falling to the Washington Wizards, 126 114. This is kind of two bad teams playing each other, but the Bulls were down 18 going into the fourth. And then Zach Levine put up 19 in a failed comeback victory in the fourth quarter. He finished with 41 on the night. Any other takeaways from this one? Zach Levine failed. I think that's just what we can just leave it as. Just leave that sentence. <laughs> you talk about don't bury the lead here. Uh, Might have been that one. <laughs> it was kind of funny because you saw like him and Beal kind of go at each other a little bit in like the battle of the all-star snubs. You had Rudy Hachimura, 20 points, four boards, three assists, two steals, and two blocks. He's been pretty nice as a, as a rookie. He was drafted pretty high, and a lot of people were 
really negative about that pick, but he seems to he's been playing pretty well, and so that's maybe a takeaway you can take. Yeah, that's good. They need some like youth there in Washington, so that's pretty important too. Uh, here in New Orleans, the Pelicans getting a big win over the Portland Trailblazers, 138-117. New Orleans was down in the first half by as many as 16 in this one, so it was quite a turnaround. Uh, Zion Williamson, 31 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists on 10 of 17 shooting. He is really, really good. Drew Holiday no. also, I know, stunning here. Uh, <laughs> Drew Holiday also really good, 16-10 and 10 on the night, and he shut down Damian Lillard. Lillard, who'd been averaging again. 40- 40, yeah, like a consistent thing whenever they play. Lillard over his last 10 had been averaging 42, 10, and 6. Um, Damian Lillard had 20 in this one on 16 shots. That's pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, a good win without Brandon Ingram, the all-star on the team. Uh, it's <laughs> starting to look like you have some competition there with Zion Williamson as maybe the best player on the court at any given moment. Uh, Zion and Drew Holiday, some people have talked about that that combination is not working, maybe kind of changing and going in the right direction in this game yeah like so since this team has has been like fully healthy and that means like Lonzo Ball's actually been fully healthy and he was pretty good in this one Drew Holiday uh is his usual self Zion's playing and he's not even in like real game shape yet Derek Favors was banged up earlier in the year there's a reason the Pelicans didn't make a move at the trade deadline they really liked the team they had and think maybe they can get into the playoffs I think it might be a little too late for that but I don't know. This is like not that the Portland defense is very good, but this is still a pretty significant win, I think, for the franchise. Yeah, they're right there in this, you know, the standings. This is a game that you want if you're going to try to make a run for the playoffs and you take a take, you know, a game from them and, you know, eventually tiebreakers are going to matter and maybe it will between these two teams. Yeah, and they got it. They're now 3-0 on the Blazers this season with one more to go. So if they are tied, the Pelicans have the tiebreaker there. Other games across the league, we had the San Antonio Spurs beating the Oklahoma City Thunder 114-106. I don't want to call the Thunder slumping, but I don't think they've been great recently. However, Chris Paul on the night, 31 points, 7 assists. He was 5 of 9 from deep in this one. Yeah, the Spurs finally get a game on this this road trip. This is a brutal road trip for them, uh, but they take this one in Oklahoma City from the Thunder. Yeah, they snapped a five-game losing streak, which they're in the playoff chase too, so it was really important for them. And then in the final game of the night, and involves a team we're going to talk a little bit more about in the next segment, Houston Rockets beat the Boston Celtics 116-105. This game was 96-94, and then Houston goes on a 17-4 run to close it out and make it not very close in the end. It this Rockets team just explodes. We'll talk about them in the second segment, like you said. But I mean, Rockets is a great name for them. They just kind of shoot out of a barrel. Westbrook just does his thing, and uh, they stick around, stick around, stick around. It's like a heavyweight fight, and then eventually they just you know explode for this against the Celtics. Yeah, they shot 42 free throws in this one, 37 makes. That's a season high for them. James Harden, 42 points. Russell Westbrook putting up 36 and 10. Uh, and the Celtics hung close for a little bit. Gordon Hayward, 20 points. Jalen Brown, 19. Jason Tatum, 15. A much more balanced scoring um, stat sheet for him, but just overall not enough. Also, we saw some just weird officiating at times in this one. There was a double foul call. Oh, with the Rockets? No. Yeah, stunning, right? Um, double foul called because the ref, each ref called it one way and they couldn't decide who was actually the person. And then Mike D'Antoni challenged it. And it ended up being a foul on Grant Williams. Great job, NBA officiating on this one. 
And we also saw Jalen Brown go down again with another ankle injury. Just, I mean, can we just give him new ankles? Because does somebody have ankles that Jalen Brown can borrow? <laughs> Look, you know, we want people to be healthy throughout the NBA season. Um, yeah, that well, was he's, a little he's, rough. He has two bad ankles right now, and he keeps going down on them. So uh, I want to see this team fully healthy going into the playoffs because I think they could really make some noise when all four of those guys are going. And uh, if they go, if they go Rockets with this five you know, wing guard lineup with smart instead of Tice. That That's fascinating to me. Yeah. You know, it, their offense looked rough in this one too. So if they can kind of figure things out, they should be yeah, as we all expect, you know, they're the Celtics. They have a lot of talent there. So we expect them to do, like you said, they could be an interesting team in the playoffs. So that was the night in the association, five games running them down for you. So like you can pretend like you watched them. Um, you certainly didn't need to do all of the watching that we did. So coming up here in the next segment, we're going to stick with the Houston Rockets and the small ball lineup with PJ Tucker that they're running. Stick around. And before we get to that, don't forget, subscribe to Locked on NBA wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about the NBA. Uh, leave a five-star review with a comment. Tell a friend too. It takes like 30 seconds. But most importantly, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. All right, so the Houston Rockets were maybe one of the more interesting teams at the trade deadline, sending out Clint Capella and kind of committing to going super small. And for the most part, you know, it seemed like this might work. They got that big victory over the Los Angeles Lakers in the first performance with that 121-111 before falling these next two and then beating the Celtics uh, last night. You seem to like this, that this is the way for this team to go in the future. At this point in the season, right before the All-Star break, you know, we get this break and teams are kind of dragging. We have, I think, every single beat reporter asked the coach of the team that they follow or cover, uh, how's your team morale doing? Are you guys running on fumes? You know, what, what is, uh, you know, how's everyone's health going into this All-Star break? Can you got, can this break come quick enough for you? Like, there's always that kind of question that comes out. And for us watching as many games as we do, it's just, it's amazing just how refreshing it is to see a team do something different like this, even just from the jump, to not have you know a big lumbering seven-footer just because that's the way that it's always been. Uh, and the Rockets have decided to really go into this uh, with the six sevens or less, which is something I saw you know a No Dunks listener uh, <laughs> tweeted <laughs> earlier this week, and I just love it. I, I can't stop saying six sevens or less because it's Mike D'Antoni. Everybody on the court is six seven or less. Uh, and it just rolls oh, off the tongue. I get it. Okay. No, this is good. <laughs> it took me a second. And uh, and they're just really going for it. And it's opened up so much for Russell Westbrook. Like he just – this has made him come alive. I was so down on Russell Westbrook before this move. Uh, on Locked on Mavericks, we did an entire podcast talking about who should make the all-star team, making our picks. And the only difference I had – from you know my co-host Isaac was I had Devin Booker and he had Russell Westbrook and we honestly we never argue or do a first take thing but we had an entire you know debate segment where we talked about you know the difference between Devin Booker what he brings to the Suns and what Russell Westbrook and my main point was that the Rockets offense was like six points per 100 possessions worse when Westbrook was on the floor than when he wasn't and now it's just it seems like it's completely shifted and the the lanes, the driving lanes have been open for Westbrook, and he's just he's come alive with this spacing that they have now. Yeah, and look, I don't think it's necessarily crazy for them to lean into this, too, when you think about Capella and kind of being in and out of the lineup with injuries either, that he just wasn't there consistently for him. And I wonder if maybe he was if things would have been a little bit different. 
but it just seems like they know what their strengths are. Let's super lean into it. And just having slightly better court spacing, maybe at times, like you said, with the lanes and everything, you know, I think that makes them uh, more aggressive. It's funny because Eric Gordon's on the Rockets now. And when he was on the then Hornets, uh, we threw a watch party and he showed up to it because uh, he was out injured and it was a one game road trip and it was the Pelicans playing the Rockets. And he was saying one of the reasons the Rockets get to the line so well, and we talked about it 42 times in this game last night is because there's so much space out there and that refs can easily see fouls. And it's like, you're leaning into that even more so than what they normally would be doing. Yeah. Just the, the visual space of being able to clearly see a guy's hand hit somebody and you're not like, you know, stuck in the trees. Like I was watching a bunch of like old Kobe games when, you know, uh, when the news broke a few weeks ago and, uh, it's just it's amazing the difference maybe in, in just, you know, 20 years that the NBA has gone through where there's just guys in the paint. And there's, you know, I can count like five guys in the paint on almost every single possession. Uh, and some of these games are even before the defensive three second you know, yep. uh, call was, was put in or the rule. And uh, now just with guys so spread out, all those rockets are around the three point line. Uh, it just, you know, the offense we knew was going to be fine. The defense is what's kind of interesting. And Robert Covington has been just amazing like everything they they wanted him to be he is i mean he's six seven but he's super long and he can you know get in passing lanes and uh, it works the other way around too where the rockets you know teams will dump it down into the paint on the rockets and the rockets will be able to uh you know get hands in passing lanes and they kind of clog the space on on that end of it because um you know teams can't spread out the rockets as much as they can spread out them yeah, no, it, it it seems to make a lot of sense. The other thing, I just looked at the numbers here because I was kind of curious. The net rating for Westbrook over – and this doesn't count last night's game, so it's just two games since he missed one. Um, on the court with uh, P.J. Tucker, the net rating is 17.8 when it's just Westbrook without P.J. Tucker, minus 8. So clearly a big differential there. It seems. Yeah, it clearly, clearly matters. And look, they, they're clearly thinking about the playoffs and matchups with LeBron James, with the Clippers, and kind of playing to those strengths. And also, I can tell you from firsthand experience of years of this, P.J. Tucker's really good at guarding Anthony Davis. I don't think they're necessarily going to be at a disadvantage with that matchup. Yeah, they, you know, th- this is a special team that... Not every team could do this, right? Like not every single team could. Maybe the Pelicans could actually could go with this, you know, no center and just all these wings because they have certain players that just have these wide bases that are able to stop guys from backing down. It's really hard to throw a really good entry pass and then get a really good look at a post up. And it takes up a lot of time and teams just don't do it often. And even with Anthony Davis with the Lakers, like in that game, he only was taking. He only took like 17 shots or something like that, and he yeah. had, you know, PJ Tucker or whoever on him all the time. And it's just it's hard to set up that offense now in the NBA. Um, and you know, PJ Tucker is just very specifically gifted uh, to do that. Robert Covington coming over to help, other guys coming over to help, and and Westbrook and Harden they get a lot of flack for their defense, and there's compilation videos all over the place about you know Harden's defense. They have really, really good hands. They are always slapping at balls when you know players are holding them or causing jump balls. I think they're both really high in the NBA in deflections too. They're just really smart in the way that they you know can read passes and things like that. And so this team constructed the way that it is. I think 
this could work. You know, I, I think that the TNT guys had the point that how long can this last? How long can they, you know, to rebound for this team, they have to be really committed. They have to really put a lot of energy in. And we know Westbrook can hold up, you know, through a whole NBA season, but we've seen Harden break down, you know, again and again in mm-hmm. the playoffs. And that's going to be the big question for him is can they sustain this? Because it takes a lot of energy to, you know, play the defense that they are and rebound the way that they can. Yeah, well, it's like when you saw the the death lineup for the Warriors, they they only used that in short spurts because it wasn't a very good defensive rebounding unit. Right. They were in like the 60s in terms of defensive rebounding percentage with those with those groups. So you can't run them out there too long because eventually you will get killed on the offensive glass, and that can really hurt you. Um, but the other good news is they don't need to do this for 82 games. You're looking at like 25 more for this team to go out and try and do this. And then whatever the postseason run is with it, it's still a long time, but it's not the whole season. So maybe you can't do it over 82 games, but maybe I guess they're betting on that you can do it for like 30 or so. And we'll see if it works. It's really intriguing. And for a position that we've seen kind of go away a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more every single year. The Rockets just decided to like completely just wipe it off like the face of the earth here uh, with everything. So we'll see how this keeps going. It's definitely worth keeping an eye on and maybe a trend that teams follow in the future. So before we have a little bit of fun in the third segment, don't forget to follow uh, the Locked On NBA podcast on Twitter. It's at Locked On NBA Net. Gets you everything you need to know about going on. If you're just going to follow one account, that is the one to do it. You get retweets from all of the hosts of all of the podcasts, uh, as well as some great insight and clips from different things like that thrown out there. So on Twitter, it's at LockedOnNBANet. It's a really good one. Also on Instagram, LockedOnNBANet, and then on Facebook as well. I don't know who runs those accounts, but they're really smart. Yeah, it must be a genius or or something <laughs> like, like that and cover the Mavericks. Um All right, so coming up, we are going to have some fun here in the NBA with changing team names. All right, so we're going to have some fun here, and I was inspired by the Birds of Prey movie, which, by the way, the official title originally was Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One (laughs) Harley Quinn, which is like the definition of burying the lead. And it seems like Warner Brothers has kind of stealthily changed the name to Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. Not burying the lead and getting people to realize what the movie is about, and it underperformed yeah. <laughs> at the box office, so maybe that was the smart move to do earlier on. But what if we're going to do that to NBA teams? Say you want, you, you're want a casual NBA fan, you don't know that much about the team. New Orleans Pelicans doesn't tell you anything. Just simply putting that dude from Duke, Zion, as the team name might get you a little bit more interested in watching them, or I guess if you're maybe a North Carolina fan, not watching them. So that's kind of the segment we're going for here. So if you have any um, team names you think would be better suited and a better description, short, we got to get to the point here. Let us know again on all the social media channels, particularly Twitter at LockedOnNBANet. So what do you, what do you have for me, Nick? All right. So I started my list. Um, the first one I thought of was Towns, D'Lo, and allowing 150 points per game. That just that's the Timberwolves right there. <laughs> You have you have Carl Anthony Towns, you have D'Angelo Russell, and they're going to allow you to score as many points as you can. So I, I was thinking about that because you're right, and the, that is going to be the case with that team. So I don't know. I'm still maybe a little burned by Anthony Davis here, and I see them getting kind of nervous with Carl Anthony Towns, who's already who's like already only in the first year of his second contract, and I just would title them. It's like Anthony Davis in New Orleans 2.0 because they are panicking and trying to figure out whatever they can do to get him to stay, including like mortgaging the future for D'Angelo Russell. 
another team we can probably make jokes for. And we saved you all a segment from the New York Knicks today because, like, come <laughs> come on. We talked about it and decided we just don't want to do that because it's so ridiculous what's going yeah. on. But if you don't know what's going on with the Knicks, like, and you want to laugh, go read it. Instead of go to calling, Locked On Knicks. D- yeah, go, go to Locked Gavin On Knicks. Shaw and Alex Wolf, they can figure out all this stuff. I don't really yeah, I don't, I, and I don't actually know if they can. I don't know if anyone can. But if I were going <laughs> to change their team name, it anyone just, can. It's them. Yeah, it'd either be one of two things. It's either Dolan isn't selling, or Dolan still owns the team. That's it. That that's what it is. Uh, my list took a different turn as I was going through it. It eventually just turned into movie puns. Uh, and that so works. I just I like that. With the Knicks, I decided to go with Fast and the Furious. Instead, I named them The Last and the Curious. <laughs> no, that's perfect. And then I went into Two Last, Two Curious. And then uh, The Last and the Curious, Dolan doesn't get the drift. And then <laughs> Knicks fans smashed and furious. I, went with, I changed that one up. Those are all good. And then uh, the, hate of, the Hate of the Furious, too, with Knicks fans. That was because of the... Look... I think that's perfect. Like that kind of sums up what those teams are. That's what we're trying to do here. Like, you know, you get that and you're like, yeah, I I don't need to go and watch them. When you hear these titles, that is the whole point of this. I guess you can call the Brooklyn Nets just what cooler than the Knicks. Oh, no, it's like, uh, yeah, I I can't think of anything for the the Nets right now, but it's like, they're trying too hard. That's what I feel like. Okay. That works. Uh, (laughs) Um, I across the universe, right? With, with, (laughs) With Kyrie Irving. That's actually pretty all, good. All I like that one. Um, <laughs> Across the Kyrie verse. How about that? We'll there you show. go. There we go. We got it. Um, see, it's, it, look, the, there's clearly some need for better branding in the league, particularly from <laughs> the Knicks, and they should be hiring all of us for this. For Toronto, I, I, so I don't have the joke refined just yet, but there's an idea here for something. And it, I don't know if you saw Kendrick Perkins in his MVP list the other day that he tweeted out. <laughs> no, Rockets guy. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was like, yeah, it was like Giannis, LeBron, Luca, and then like seven on his list is some dude from Toronto. That, not a name. He couldn't, I, I bet he couldn't spell Siakam. I bet that's what it came down to. <laughs> so I don't know. I just want to call them some team in Canada with like parentheses <laughs> that's won 15 straight games. Uh, I went with Kawhi. Are they still winning games? Oh, that's so much better. <laughs> and then I went with – uh. Wins without the quitter Kwai, like bridge over the w- river Kwai. Okay, okay. You really <laughs> went into like the movie puns and took this like quite literally. <laughs> that's what it turned into for me. No, that's good. Um, okay, I feel like not as good on this here. Uh, all right, what else you have? Let's hear it. Okay, I got the Bucks. I went with my big fat Greek winning machine. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the Wolves. I had another one finding D'Lo, like finding D'Lo. <laughs> okay. The Wizards, I went with Wizards of Wavering Defense Place, because they don't play defense. Uh, Cleveland, there's a movie. I just went with a straight movie title. Where do we go from here? That, that's a movie <laughs> title, and that's, that's Cleveland. Uh, the Nuggets, and I guess you could say this also for the Pelicans, just Fat Camp for Jokic and Zion. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, I, I've, I have two more just for the, the Mavericks. Uh Doncic desires club, like Dallas Buyers Club. Okay. Because it's just all about what Luca wants for the rest of however long he's yeah, there. Yeah, it is. And then How I Met Your Mavericks. That <laughs> it's pretty good too. All of these are good. Okay, I'm not gonna read any more oh, that God. I have here. 
Um, there's also got to be one for Miami and villains, right? Like, we have to do something with that. Yeah. I don't know what it would be. But, again, that's like what it, I guess Bad Boys, I guess, is what you could call the team now. Oh, Disney had had a show called House of Mouse. And then for Halloween one year, they decided to go House of Mouse villains. Just go House of Heat villains. House of Heat villains. That's what Jimmy, Jimmy Butler thinks. And <laughs> I know they talked about that yesterday on the show. All right, there you go. So we've renamed some NBA teams. If you've got better ones and you probably have better ones than what I said, that is for sure. Uh, let us know on Twitter. I'm at Nola Jake. Nick is at Nick Van Exit. And Locked On NBA is at Locked On NBA Net. Let's have some fun here. It's Wednesday. We got to get through the week. So let us know what you thought of ours or what <laughs> what what your better ones might be. Um, so thank you all for listening. That's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Running down everything you need to know. And on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And again, I'm Nick Engstead. I am at Nick Van Exit on Twitter. You can follow the Locked On Mavericks podcast every single day talking about Luka Doncic. He's back on Wednesday, so go watch Luka play and hopefully beat the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, that's actually pretty big. We could have focused more on that, but we'll let we'll let everyone else <laughs> take that one eventually, and they can listen to you over at Locked On Mavs. David Locke tomorrow along with Ben Golliver, and we'll see you all next week.